RP3 is ready to step his game up and grab the mic for the latest edition of the Rap Game Podcast. Here is Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Taking the long way there sometimes proves to be far more beneficial and far more rewarding, not only in life, but especially when it comes to success on the gridiron. Our guest on this episode of the Rap Game Podcast knows exactly that. He was an undersized wide receiver return specialist at a South Terrebonne High School. He would end up walking on at USL and end up being a four-year letterman for the Raging Cajuns playing for Sam Robertson in the early 1980s. Heck, one of his kick returns of 95 yards against Rice back in 1982 still stands as one of the longest in program history. But he didn't go right into the NFL. After his stint in college, he would go on to the USFL, where he would earn all USFL honors as a member of the Houston Gamblers. He was then taken in the supplemental draft by the Washington Redskins and eventually found his way to the roster. Being part of a Super Bowl team, Super Bowl 22, the one where Doug Williams carved up the record books. But his story with that Super Bowl is unique as well. And then he would find his most success later on playing for the Indianapolis Colts, where he found a number one fan and owner, Jim Ursay, and he would become a two-time pro bowler there with the Colts. It's our privilege to welcome to the Rap Game Podcast, the one and only Clarence Verdon. Clarence, good right, afternoon, good sir. How are you? Hey, man. Hey, glad, glad to be present, man. Glad to be present. Doing great, man. I must say that. Doing great. Doing great. Let's talk a little yeah. bit about uh, your time. Obviously, you're a Louisiana kid, a Homa native. Walk me through yeah. uh, your process and how you ended up playing for the Raging Cajuns back in the day. Well, I'm pretty down on a body called Dulac. I say Homa because nobody really knows where Dulac is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I'm like down that. there, Dulac, Dulac on the body, man. Uh, like I say, man, with uh, Coach Lockwood, I, I uh, man, wrote several letters, man, throughout the country. You know, uh, you know back then, being a hundred and 25 pounds, 5'5", five, five at the time, uh, you know, you didn't get to the system, you know, matter of fact, I didn't get to the system, despite how great I was in track, uh, you know, never, never, never got opportunity, man, I, you know, I never experienced uh, a college coach coming to my home, asking my parents, you know, for me to go to school and play, so that was kind of like a, a driven thing, I had a chip on my shoulder, like, man, I, I got to prove myself. So, uh, man, I wrote these letters to Michigan State, Nebraska. I mean, all my daddy and I was uh, riding through town one day, and uh, one of my high school coaches saw him. And, you know, they started chatting. I'm in the passing seat, and, and uh, my dad, like, man, how's my son? What you think about him? He said, and he told my dad, he said, look, man, if your son was about six foot, about 190, he said, man, every college in the, in the country will want him. So, not, not long did he discourage me, man, he gave me something. The right, I will start writing letters to everybody saying I was six foot one, one ninety. Yeah, my sister love. So, so I wound up getting a bite, man. I was in class and and uh, uh, man, they called me in, called me from you know intercon to go over to the athletic department. So I'm wondering what was what was going on, man. You know, so I walk in as I walk in, I'll pass the window. I seen a coach with a USL uh, shirt on. Uh, so I walked, knocked on the door, and they told me to come in. And, and Coach Marcello at the time was my coach in football. He's like, hey man, this is uh, Clarence Verdan. Clarence, this is Coach Lockwood at USL. And he looked at me like he saw a ghost. Like, what the hell? Like, you know, like I shouldn't even be in the room. And uh, he said, this ain't the kid that sent us the questionnaire saying he was six foot, 190, Coach. So I said, I said, oh, man, my mom, my sister, I made a mistake, you know. 
So we started talking, man, and Coach Marcella, man, you know, not knowing to a few a year or two ago that he played the USL. Uh, so, uh, man, we started talking, and I, uh, Coach, he said, "Hey, man, look, man, you know, we can't offer you a scholarship, but we can offer you uh, a one week tryout and a walk on." He said, and "We're determined after that one week should we know if we're gonna keep and put you on like a developmental squad, or you know if we're gonna keep you, you'll come back in the spring if we let you." And I was like, "Man, you just you don't know you just." Got signed me a scholarship without knowing, you know, just giving me opportunity. So man, caught this Greyhound bus, man, there and uh, hey, when I got there, man, I I was at odds because you know all these guys were huge, man, you know, the big guys, and and I just said to myself, man, once I left off the body, really, I, I I said to myself, you know, failure was not an option, and the next time I come on this body, I'd be a millionaire, and that's why I, I stayed, man. And my roommate, we talk about that right now, and we was in a room, and I was like. He like we just started talking one night, and I was like, "Man, I'm going to the NFL." He looked at me like, "Dude, you don't have a scholarship. You may not be here tomorrow." You know what I'm saying? You talk about it, and we clown about that now. But I spoke it in existence, man. I just spoke it, you know that, man. I I, I was going to do better, and I was going to change the life of my family. You know, despite of my my negative that people saw in me, man, I I took that as a positive, man. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and last year was great. I, I and I thank Coach Robinson because he didn't have you know. Tell me a little bit about some of, you know, your your progression from going to a guy that essentially gets a tryout for, you know, and as a walk-on to becoming a guy who uh, plays multiple seasons for the Raging Cajuns. Yeah, yeah. Like you say, man, uh, you know, uh, at that time it was, it was a running game. You know, back then it was about running the ball. You know, it wasn't too much doing. But we had a great, you know, I mean, Don Wilder and uh, uh, Prudham, man. I mean, that was my guy, man. You know, he threw, he was, man, he was airing that. He wanted to air it out. You know, where Don Wallace more of a Michael Vick type guy. You know, he he'll air, but he he'll run it too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I didn't I didn't set well with me on that man. You know, I'm down here beating the guy. He you running you running behind me, man. You know, but uh, Dwight Crudo, man, yeah, he used to sling that thing and and uh, you know that was just the era we was in. So once I I got to the you know I didn't you know the thing was with the Houston Gamblers, whereas one of my coaches with the Gamblers was the head coach at Rice at Rice University. Uh, once, you know, I got on and it told me what the story was and, you know, and I finally killed them by myself. So when I got drafted late, I was wondering, man, why I got drafted like in the 17th round? But the word was, man, you know, I talk a lot, man. You know, I was more, you know, I was like in this area right now, you know. I mean, I back it up, but, you know, a lot of coaches back then, they just, you know, it was new to them. You know, man, don't be a hot dog, be a team player. And like I used to always say, man, you're only eyes and win. You know, I ain't team. You know what I'm saying? And I was about winning, man. I just wanted to win. Whatever you necessarily win, I wanted to win. And uh, you know, I, the, the 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 cloud was over my over my head was, you know, man, I wasn't a team player and blah blah blah. And 
you know, so once I got drafted in, 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 in the USFL in, in the last round, 17th round, and I went out to Wright State and ran the 40, man. And that was like, ooh, I ran like a 4-2. And it was like, nah, nah, we keeping him. And then, you know, I was on the practice squad. Then Jim Kelly, like you say, man, I was doing so well at the practice squad, it came to a point they had to let some guys go. And, uh, you know, they practice squad be the first guy. So Coach Party brought me in, man, and said, man, Jim Kelly said he want to keep you. And uh, I'm like, huh? He said, yeah. And we wound up cutting Jim Kelly's roommate, dude named Mark Rush, who played with him in Miami. So I was like, man, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> and, uh, man, thank God for Jim Kelly, man, like you say, man. I, I wasn't making money. You know, I was making like $300 a week on a, on a uh, practice squad. I had to take taxes out. I had made like $150. And, uh, and Jim, man, I used to go out to his house, man, every day and eat. You know, I mean, he fed me, man. Dude just took care of me, man, really did. You know, and until uh, I, you know, signed a nice contract. So I give, you know, thanks to him, too. Like I said, he's been like a brother to me, man. You know, praying for him. You know, he's going through his little situation with cancer. But a uh, great guy, man. Great family, bro. Really, if it wasn't for him, I would have probably went to the uh, to the Redskins because they watched me in the USFL. That's why they drafted me because the USFL, you know, was in the spring. And, uh, yeah, they, they, they wind up uh, drafting me. Jack Pardee had played with the Redskins. And he said, told him, uh, Bobby Beck, out of all the receivers I had, man, get this kid right here. He's the one. How much and, did uh, your experience in the USFL help prepare you for the NFL and help your oh, development a, as a player? A lot. Oh, a lot, man. It did. I mean, it, it, you know, it, 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 you know, not tell the kids, man. I mean, I mean, a lot of kids get go into the league and they adapt real fast. You know, I mean, I look at a guy like Bowles and. And chase, man, you know, because, you know, kids now, we didn't have all these camps and stuff they have now. You know, you know now, you know, kids starting in junior high school going through all these camps and training. So they, you know, kind of getting developed early. So when we go back when I played, man, you didn't have all that. And, you know, and, and thank God, you know, I mean, I, I was taught how to run routes. And, you know, I mean, just, you know, they, they polished me up. They really did. Then, you know, competing with Joe McNeil and Ricky Sammons. I mean, all these great guys that played at Baylor, Gerald and Ricky and, you know, Jim, you know, he was probably best quarterback in the world. And, uh, man, you know, he gave me a little insight on running routes. And, you know, they just helped me. Jack Party, man, oh, man, God bless his soul, man. He, he I must know the guy. He really was a quiet man, real humble guy. But he, he somebody talked to me all the time. You know, because I had to make him talk. And Miles Davis, I mean, who, what can I say about him in June, man? They they saw they saw the talent in me and they utilized and utilize. That's why I called Sam Roberts. I said, man, if you utilize my talent, you might have a statue from the USL Stadium, man. <laughs> you know, you probably get your statue, man. But, uh, you know, but like I say, they, they, they polished me up. And I'm glad I did take that route, man, because it did, you know, uh, polish me up to get in the NFL. Once I got in the NFL, he was like, man, I've been here before. Yeah. What yeah. was it like when you got to the NFL and you're there playing for – a great organization uh, with a legendary coach oh, like Joe Gibbs. Yeah, oh man, it, and they let you know that man. It was like, man, you know, this is a this this a legend coach, and man, you know, Redskins all about the Redskins, you know. And and again, I had to learn, you know, because I was I was wilding out, man. I, man, I'm, I was like Antonio Brown, but I didn't. I guess I'm glad he didn't have social media back then, <laughs> you know. Just wilding, man. Not not no drugs or nothing like that, but just wasn't disciplined. And Charlie Taylor's always taught me, hey, man, you better slow it down, man. And I, I wasn't a punt return. I was a kickoff return, not a punt return. And they scheme was more old-time football, you know, get behind the wall. And, you know, I'm like, dude, I can't do that because you break the wall, you're knocking me down. And I'm 100, 145 pounds. 
And then, you know, we had some great receivers, Art Funk, you know, me, Ricky Sanders, because they cut. When we got there, they cut Charlie Brown, Aaron Gary. They just won the Super Bowl. And they cut those guys, all of them except Art Monk. So the pressure was on, you know, me, Ricky Sanders, and, 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 uh, and uh, Gary Clark to perform. And I uh, wish they did, you know, and I just couldn't get it together. And some way they traded me uh, to Indianapolis. Bobby Bethel traded me to Indianapolis. And that was really made me mad because I wanted to come to New Orleans to go to the Raiders. Well, I knew they were going to throw the ball. And I was in Indianapolis on it with the Eric Dixon trade. So I'm like, dude, why the hell you sent trading me in with Eric Dixon? I know they're not going to throw the ball now, man. This dude, best running back in, 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 in the league. <laughs> you know? And I get there, man. And I went to Coach Ron Meyer one night, man. I was like, you know, I was, we wouldn't throw routes that try. All we did was block. So I went to him one day, and I'm like, Coach, man, man, dude, are we going to throw the ball on this team? And he asked me, he said, who we have in the backfield, son? I said, we got Eric Dixon. I thought so. He said, we're going to run the ball till he get tired. So you just do what we tell you to do. Now, that's when I said, you know what? I'm going to start running back these punts. They're going to see. And, man, I started running back those punts, man. And next thing you know, Jim Irsay told Ryan, I don't care what you do. I want the ball in his hand. Any type of way you need to get him to throw it, uh, hand it to him, reverse, whatever, you put it in his hand because he's a playmaker. And then Eric Dickerson got mad about it. You know, he, he was getting mad like, man, I shouldn't be handing the ball off on the reverse of nobody. I'm a Hall of Famer. And I said, well, guess, I guess I'm going to be better than you do. And then him started beefing a little bit. Then we drafted Andre Ryan. That was another problem. So I'm like, nah, I'll, I'll hold out, man. It's just, this is my team. And he, he and I, we beefed a little bit. And it was a crazy story about a, about two years, about three years ago, I, my wife saw him on Facebook. And, you know, man, we hooked up and we just started talking. And Andre said, man, something I always wanted to tell you, man, you didn't, you didn't realize. I said, what? He said, you know, when they drafted me, you know, you know why they drafted me? I said, well, really, I didn't. I don't know. I was kind of upset because I didn't think we needed a wide receiver. We needed some DB because Dan Marino and Jim K was killing us. We needed somebody in defense to stop them too because I was in that conference. He said, no, he said, man, they, they told me I, I, they, they drafted me to replace you. I'm like, yeah? He said, yeah, you never knew that. I said, well, damn, bro, I said, something I need to tell you, then you probably know you did what? I said, you know what they traced you? He said, no, I said, because I went and told uh, Ursa there wasn't room for me and you. But somebody had to go, bro. And you, you was the one that he <laughs> I said, now you take that, you smoke that in your pipe, bro. I said, you didn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, like I said, man, it was great, man. I, I met great people, man. And, you know, and it, it was a grind, bro. Like I said, I, every, every, every year was a special year for me because I, I felt in my heart it wasn't deserving for me to be in the NFL you know, the route I took was a totally different route than other guys who had scholarships and, you know, all Americans in college and, you know, just things were handed to them. You know, everything was already there for them, but I had to work for mine. Man. That, that, that made it feel a lot better now, even now, man, in my life, man. I'm, you know, beautiful family, beautiful home. Just, you know, NFL was good to me, man, you know. Yeah. So, Clarence. Uh, Look, let's go back to your time and and time in Washington. How much playing time were you able to get there, especially during the Super Bowl year? Man, it was it was man, it was on and off, man. Because uh, you know, I, man, it's just something I, I just couldn't stay. I was poor hands, so I just you know, and, and, and Gibbs, he didn't really trust me, you know. And it was because of me. I was you know, it was maturity, man. You know, it, you know, you put me out there, and you know, the other throw a ball, and I'm going to. I, I just wanted to go deep, man. I just wanted to, I, everything was a bomb for me, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, uh, Joe Gibbs, you know, it just didn't sit well with him, bro. You know, he, he like telling him, tell him to do something with him, please, you know. And, uh, man, but, but but after all that, you know, he and I spoke about five years ago, man, uh, at, at, I wound up, 
a friend of mine owns uh, Hooters, and uh, he's a big LSU alumni. Uh, and uh, man, I told him my story, man, years ago. So they kind of remembered it. So they said, man, look, man, come up to LSU, man. They got a Christian coming to Christian Athlete uh, Convention, man. We'd love for you to go. I said, man, I don't want to say it. He said, nah, come on, see, come on, man. So, man, I said, all right, I'm not doing nothing, man. So, man, we driving up to Baton Rouge. By the time we get past the class, he said, hey, man, he said, uh, man, you know you told me the story about you and Jay Diaz. I said, yeah, I said, yeah, I haven't really spoken to the dude since you traded him. He said, well, you're going to speak to him today. I said, what you mean, man? He said, well, he's the guest speaker at LSU with his uh, Christian Fellowship, Christian athlete. I said, man, so who going to force me to speak to him? He said, man, we already set it up. So I get there, man. I'm like, man, what the hell are you doing that for? So I get there, man, and by the time once we got in the basketball, it was in the basketball arena. And we get in there, they met us at the door, and a uh, 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 dude named uh, Renee Nail, I'm here, he's a reporter, too. He's a commentator, and uh he said, uh, the guy said, hey, man, uh, this Clarence is here. He said, uh, we're going to take him to the back in the waiting room with uh, Coach Gibbs. So they stayed. So I'm like, y'all come with me. He said, no, nah, no, nah, man, you need, to, you need to deal with this. And I went back there. He was on the phone talking to some two-part NASCAR. I could hear the conversation. And he looked over and saw me, man, like he saw Coach, too. And uh, I thought he probably thought I was going to attack him. So <laughs> uh, he came down to the phone, man. We talked, man, again, man. I, and I... I, I thanked him, man. I said, you know, Coach, and he's like, man, you know, you wasn't sure. We just felt D.C. was a distraction for you because, you know, I mean, he had Howard, Howard University. I was, man, my fat brother. I'm just out there wilding. And uh, he said, we wanted to send you somewhere where we knew it wasn't a distraction because you had camera plan. He said, no. Nah. So I said, you know what? Thank you, man, because that was the best place for me to go was in Annapolis, man. You know, I mean, it was no distraction, you know, and, uh, and, and I was the guy. You know, I became a big guy on the team, man, and I, and I held it well. But DC, like you said, man, it was it was a lot of talent, man. And, and like you said, it was a great argument because they didn't have they, they didn't tolerate no nonsense, bro. It was strictly business. Don't give us strictly business. I mean, so for that. for the for the playoff run and the Super Bowl, did you get to play at all, or did so you I get played, to dress? I played in the playoff. I played in the playoff, and and we get to the Super Bowl, man. That 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 morning. That morning, man, we, we get, I get to the stadium early, man. I mean, I get to the stadium early. I'm, I'm, man, I'm excited, man. You know, my mom and my, my wife, was, she was my fiance, she's there. And me and Ricky Sanders, man, we go on the field, man, and roll on the field. And, man, about three hours before the game, right when we was getting taped up, uh, Coach Charlie comes to me and says, man, I need to talk to you. You know, so the first thing I'm thinking, he's going to tell me, man, look, if you're on the field, you score a touchdown, we don't need all that damn dancing, all that hot dog, man. You're national. You know, the biggest stage is at Vermont. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I'll be going to walk it, man. And, uh, he said, look, man, Art Monk was on, uh, was on his reserve at the time. So he said, look, he said, we're going to deactivate some several guys today. So I'm like, so why, what you telling me that for? He said, well, because you're, you're one of the guys, you and George Rogers. It was like me, George Rogers, and two other guys and stuff, man. I'm like, what? Said, yeah, man, you know, but you can, you know, you, you, you know, you're not going to play. I'm like, man, my mom, my mom that came, my, my, you know, I ain't gonna say the word. I said, man, my mother done came down here, man. I said, so what you telling me? He said, you, you not, Joe, Joe's not gonna play you. You and George Rogers and like three of the guys. So man, I'm like, what's the? I said, yeah, like that right there really pissed me off. And I was up there, I was hurt, man. I, it, it hurt me, man. And that was, and and, and and that was the day of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you no, know, every two hours before, the, uh, so many hours before the game, you got to turn in. You know who gonna be who gonna play? Right. You know, and uh, you know, and, 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 and my incident was totally different from George Rogers because you know 
I mean, between me and you, what I heard, you know, from the source, you know, but I was like, damn, George Rogers, too? And I heard, you know, it was that he didn't, they, he had to save him because they didn't trust him because I don't know, something he had did like a year before this, he had wrote a check to a cocaine dealer or something. It was dealing with drugs. And they feel that he was that stupid to do that. Who said you could, you know, do something, you know, call the game down on the game or stuff. Something is crazy, man. I'm like, huh? And, you know, that was the rumor that I heard. You know, I was like, oh, so they activated my roommate with Kenny Smith. Kenny and Clay probably got the ball three times the whole season. <laughs> and, uh, and he got it that day, though. <laughs> yeah, man. I, but I told him, oh, we always talk to Kenny, man. I said, shit, I could have ran through them hoes, man. I said, man, them hoes, <laughs> them hoes, them hoes made, man. I said, come on, dog. Anybody on the team, I would, look, I was quick, man. You could have got about 200 yards that night. I said, man, come on, man. But uh, it was, and then Doug, Doug talked to me, man. Doug came, they, they Doug, when they, I was upset, but I was causing a lot of commotion in the locker room at the time. So they got Doug to come over there and cool me down, man. And, uh, you know, and I think that, that, that when he talked to me, like, look, man, you got a future, man. To, you know, you know, you got, you got many more. That's what he told me. I can never get back to the Super Bowl. He said, you got many more at home, boy. And, so, uh, what did, Clarence, what did you do during the game then if you didn't dress? Or you well, were on I, the sideline? I went up and I, I got mad, man, because I didn't want to stay on the sideline and didn't play. You know, so I, I just said, I just put my clothes on and, uh, Went up in the stands, man, found my mom, and my, and my, which is my wife now, and found them. So my mom was like, she was upset. She wanted to cause havoc in the stands. I'm like, oh, hell no. You know, so I'm like, man, just so it was it was a bittersweet for me. You know, even going home, even got to the parade, I did something crazy. I got on top of the top of the the, the uh, bus. Uh, we went to the White House. I got on top of the bus, man. I started throwing money. So, man, it was like, man, the bus, man, people... Taking the bus and all that, so they're like, who the hell on that bus? You on top of the bus? Yeah, Charlie, get it hard. And that that didn't go well with him. But I did. One one time, man, I don't even want to do name George Michael. He had to call the sports machine. He uh he had a, he was a big big time man. And, uh, it was before ESPN was popping. They called sports machine. Dude named George uh, Michael. And uh man, he, he uh, Memorial Day and he said a big thing. And he's not just singing a locker room. He can hear me sing all the time. He can't hear the girl. He said, man, I don't want to do a fade. He said, this never happened. He said, can you sing the national anthem? Uh, we're going to do a big live satellite from the complex, and all the, all the military people are going to see you at the, at the memorial in D.C. I'm like, man, yeah, bro, it's an opportunity. I'm going to get a record contract, man. It's an opportunity. So I'm like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. He said, oh, man, cool. You know? So I go to Ricky Chan. I said, look, Rick. I said, man, you want to help me sing uh, the national anthem? And he's like, I don't really know that whole song. I said, dude, I said, what I'm going to do, I'm going to rap it. Because the Fat Boys had just came out, man. That was a big thing. Rap had just started. I said, ain't nobody in the world ever rap. He said, what? I said, oh, bro, ain't nobody ever, ever did that. And uh, so we went up there, and we started rapping, and National Anthem messed up, bro. So, you know, I think that was one of the reasons why he traded me. <laughs> that was like, oh, <laughs> dude, that's the first time I ever met Jack King Cook personally. <laughs> Oh, it was rough. He, uh, 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 he got suspended. It was bad, man. It was bad. I didn't, I didn't realize how bad it was. As I got older, you know, and understand, you know, the, the meaning of the flag and the patriotic of the country. Now, I, I was young. I, I was like, man. Yeah. So they was like, man, you know, you want somebody money, you know, they're going to be waiting at your house. They're going to pop your butt. They're going to oh, they gonna get you. And then the get out of pride and look, at, I look in the parking lot. <laughs> I like man, so uh, that, that was the reason. I know they couldn't cut me because they cut me. They had to cut Ricky Cannon's too. And that was the reason why they kept me. But they got me out of there quick. So I know that was one of the reasons. And uh, Ray Nagin, I mean uh, Ray Nagin, 
uh, Reagan, White said, wrote a letter to me, and then Katrina messed it up. I should have took a picture of it. You know how disappointing, Nancy, how, how disappointed she was in me. You know, I need to take more respect to the flag and, and the song. And, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, bro. So, yeah, they got me out there. They got, they got me out there so quick, bro. I knew that was, had to be one of the reasons why. Like, bro, we got to get this dude out of here. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, so far, the Class A organization, couldn't get, I couldn't get with a better organization, man. Couldn't get with a better organization, man. They, they, they when I went to Indianapolis, it was totally different. So, more, so much in Indianapolis, I had more, more free. You know, and Ron Myers, you remember, he, he was a flamboyant coach. He was like, uh, you know, uh, uh, old boy in Atlanta uh, before, uh, what's his name? God, dog. Jerry Glanville. Jerry Glanville. Jerry Glanville was a ripical of uh, Ron Myers. Ron Myers, man, he, 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 he hey, bro. He, he, any need necessary to win, he did it. I see why SMU got on probation with him, man. Yeah. He, uh, he, 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 and look, we go to practice. When I was at Redskins, I didn't get home until about 7, 7 o'clock at night. Sometime later next, you know, Joe Gibbs made sure you watch film. You put time. It was your job. You like you got to put overtime in your job. I'm like, come on, man. We watch them all day. When I got in and out, I used to get home for three o'clock watching over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, when you get when you get to Indy, your career kind of takes off in a big way, right? Yeah, I mean, you, it took you, off. You know, it took because that was the, that was my style. That and you got and, and you were two time Pro Bowler as yeah. a return man. I mean, what was it that was like to finally to, to finally. Go ahead, you know, I said should have been there four times, but you know our record, our, our record. I was losing the league, but when I was, it was like Owen, Owen, like one in sixteen. So you know you don't lose the team, man. They got nobody gonna get picked, you know. But so far as what I did, I, you know, I, I was such a team was great, and uh, but you know, it, you know, and then you know, once I became, once they gave me that, uh, and I was the leader, I was the voice, I faced that team. It, it matured me quick, you know. And so I didn't want to mess that up. You know, I didn't want to mess that up, man. You know, so I was like, man, look, God has blessed me. Again. I'm making money, man. And, you know, things are great. You know what I mean? Man, Jim Irsay, man, man, he showed me love, man. I mean, it, man, I ain't never seen checks. You know, when I signed in my biggest contract, man, I was scared to get on the plane. You know, and I, I called my wife like, man, I'm, the plane go down. You know, we didn't have direct deposit back then. I'm like, man, y'all ain't going to barely have this money. And, and I was scared to drive home because I thought I'd get robbed or something, man. It was crazy. <laughs> but Jim, you know, Jim, you know, Jim treated me well, man. You know, he, he treated me well, bro. He treated me well. And I, and I gave it back to him in return on the field. You know, I, I bust my butt. Yeah. I Tell me a little butt. bit about the origins and how'd you come up with the Ver dance? Oh, man, that was, that was, you know, it kind of started, like, I couldn't do it at the rest. And I said, so give, he had joined. It was no hot dog on this team, you know. And, like, that's why they had the fun bunch, you know, the Smurfs. If you couldn't do it all together, he didn't want no one. It wasn't no one-man show. If you're going to do something, you better have all the rest of the guys in there going with you. So I was like, nah, bro. So I'm like Michael Jackson. I ain't part of Jackson 5, bro. I'm, I'm going to do my thing. You know? So when I got to Indianapolis, I'm like, you know, because that was a, that was a, that was a, Indianapolis was a, uh, when I first got there, it was a uh, Indy 500 in the IU basketball town. And you, you score a touchdown, they just, they clapped like it was in a tennis game. You know, so I was like, man, you know what? This thing's about to change. I said, I'm about to show them what you call it, bird in I said, I'm about to put some spark and life into it. I started dancing, doing the Michael Jackson, man. The whole town went crazy, man. So that didn't just went off, bro. So that's when I wind up doing that. I got commercials, and I got a chance to dance with Nicky Hammer, me, Icky Woods, and Dion. It was Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. I forgot which one. Which, the one that when Buffalo missed the field goal was that one. And, uh, and man, you know, I made money, man. I made money doing that, man. Oh, yeah, you know. So, you know, you can, you can, you know, 
craziness fails too, you know. So that was my thing, you know. It, it, it's like, you know, it's my be a team player. I said, hey, you know, I ain't team, I ain't win. I'm trying to, man, I'm trying to look out for my family, man. Make money, you know, send my, send my kids to a nice private school and, and colleges too. So if I had to go this way to do it, right, that's the way I got to do it. Because I knew it was going to last so long. So, man, I tell kids, man, you enjoy the moment, man. You know, man, have stories. Man, me and Dion talk about that. I look at Gary Rice, great player, but he don't have no stories. Everything was just so structured, man. Man, I enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed it, man. I met good people. Man, even outside of football, man, I was invited to things, you know, the BET board and, you know, Soul Train Award. You named me and my wife, man. We, we, we you know, just, just, you know, uh, was able to rub on and, and get relationship with people I thought I'd never be inside of because things I get on the field, you know. When you get the ball on a return, because obviously you scored several touchdowns as a return man, when in the return, Clarence, break it down for me if you can from a player's perspective, when do you know in the return that you have an opportunity to take it back? Usually usually when 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 you break that first wall. When you break that first wall, you know, when I broke the first wall, I knew if you get me to the second, the second, the second, uh, second wall, Man, I, I had those guys, you know. So, so, so that was that was the key thing for me as a return man. Man, get, let me get to the second wall. I knew I had them, you know. And my thing was also the two gunners. You know, if they can maintain the two guys, because I see now all the games I see now, they usually have they have one guy one on one out there at the, at, at, for the gunners. And there's no way that field is too wide for you to for one guy to stop one guy. It just, it just, you know, so what he did, he becomes a disruption, a disruption to the, to the, to the, to the, uh, to the return. That's why you see a lot of guys don't return them because you got one guy in his face and he catch the ball. But my thing was, man, contain those two guys in the end, I can handle everybody else. Because if you put me on with the center, he's beat. He's beat. And the kicker, he's beat. He's beat. He's beat. I see, once he see my eyes, yeah, I, I can see the fear. It's over with, man. And how, how can a man catch him with one shoe on? Come on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I would say, how can a man catch me with one shoe on? You, you know? played you played 95 games for the Colts between 88 and 93. Franchise record right. in punts, punt returns, right. and punt yardage. Uh, you know, you, right. you went to the Pro Bowl twice. You know, uh, Clarence, when people still reach out to you and they still view you as a team legend or Jim Ursay wishes you yeah. a happy birthday on social media even after all these yeah. years later. What does that right. mean to you, your relationship, um, your bond man, with the Colts? It, it, it means so it, it man, it just means so much, man. And one thing about it, you don't you don't forget it, man. Even when Katrina hit when Katrina hit, man, man, he was man, he reached out to me, you know. I mean, it's just even when he come down, when he come down, when he come play the Saints, man, he called me. Hey, he, you know, I go to the hotel, get the ticket, just you know, just feel out of all the guys in this area that, that, that plays for the coach, you know, we had Michael Ball, Eugene, we had a few guys that played, and he, he, he called me. Even when they, they inducted, uh, 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 Reggie Wayne, you know, flew me and my wife up, man, you know, and, and had me, him, me, Peyton Manning, and, uh, Marshall Fall, you know, this, because, you know, Reggie from New Orleans, we support him. I mean, that's the type of guy he is, right? You know, despite of, you know, what his off the, off his, out of his office, his habit he had, man, you know, and I tell people, man, he's a good dude, man. Good man, bro, you know, I mean, good man, good man. I, I can speak for me, you know. I mean, like you said, man, he'll wish you a happy birthday. And just you get that, that you know the man still, you know, thinking of you, man. And you can tell a man happy birthday on social media, man, you know. I mean, 
you know, I mean, come on, you guys, I guess one of us have a birthday. Every, everybody who came to that team probably have a birthday every day of the year, you know. But when you see them do that to you, man, but uh, I, I just say you're just great, 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 great person, man. Great person. I couldn't pick a better team to, to bring me in, you know, really. How much pride, Clarence, do you take on kind of being a self-made man? And I, I, I take because I see my grandfather. You know, I was you know, on the bayou, man. When you from that bayou, you know, and I, I, I was listening to uh, Antonio Brown the other day, and he was talking about, you know, he's from the pit. I said, man, try to be from the ditch. You know, that means be between the bayou, between your house and the bayou, there's a ditch. You know, that's that's below a pit. You know, so a lot of you guys that 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 was raised up in these projects in, in these big cities, you know, they call that the pit. I'm like, no, nah, try 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 coming up from the ditch. You know, <laughs> when you come from down there where I'm from, and then you look at life totally different, man. You know, I mean, like you said, I never experienced nobody coming to my mom, my mom's house, asking, you know, for me to, to be anything. Everything I had to go get it. And still today, man, I, I still I teach that to my kids, man. You know what I mean? Nobody give you anything, and you got to go out there and work for it. You know, if you want it. You know, because if somebody gives you something, that means they always had their foot on your neck, they control you. You know, I represented myself. I don't know if you know that. I represented myself, and I had I had a lot, a lot of backlash because of that. I had a uh, uh, Lee Steinberg, all these guys tried to represent me because they represented Eric Dickerson, all these guys I knew. And they told me, man, there's no way you can represent yourself. That shows a bad that that's a bad seed in the owners. They, you know, you don't want to have that confusion. And my thing was, well, who know me better than me? Who can sell me better than me? You know, Asian, you don't really know me, man. So how can you talk to sell me? Uh, uh, talk how great I am if you don't really know who I am. Oh, you see me on the field, that's it. You know, and man, I signed one of the biggest contracts, man, with the coach. And I didn't have time for all the Marvin here. They looked at me like, I told you, man, you know, I'm not going to pay you, you know, half a million dollars for a 15 minute phone call, a 15 cent phone call. It ain't going to happen, bro. Nah, nah, nah. I'm going to be in total control of me. And so, you know, but guys who get agents, man, you know, don't let be, but. Man, dude, who know you better than yourself? Wrapping up our conversation with Clarence Verdon, he was a star for the Raging Cajuns as a returner, as a wide receiver. He earned his keep in the USFL with the Houston Gamblers before going on to Washington, being part of a Super Bowl-winning team, then became a two-time Pro Bowler with the Indianapolis Colts. He joins me here. All right, Clarence, let me ask you this. When you think back... What do you think your, I guess, legacy is from being down on the bayou, making your way up through college ball, through USL, USFL rather, to the NFL, and everything that you've done since then? Uh, what do you think your legacy is? Well, down, down in Homer, man, and down in Turbo and Paris, man, it's, the legacy is, it's, it's, I, can't, I, don't, I can't use the word to even describe, you know, how my family, how, you know, people who from that area feel about me, man. It, it, it's beyond love, man. I mean, you know, so, but, you know, because like you say, man, you know, from there, it's not too many. You know, Frank Lewis, he, he made, he went to Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, Troy Johnson, after Frank, then I came, then you had a few other guys came behind it. But, man, it's just, you know, I, I look at it, you know, it was a job. I did it well. I can smile. Uh, I, 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 I changed the game a little bit. You know, Billy White, Sue Johnson, he was the guy that also myself and Mel Gray came. We totally put a whole different outlook on special teams. It was a game changer. It was a game changer, man. If you get a good punt kick returner, man, you can change. You can change things. If you got a threat as a punt kick returner, man. You, you, you can cut that field in half real quick. You know, 
And, uh, I mean, you know, look at Tyrese Hill for, for Kansas City, you know. I mean, look what he did in the playoffs. You know, on the return. Uh, it changed the game. You know, so, but, uh, but like I said, man, I enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed the ride, man. Met a lot of great, like I said, met a lot of great people. Uh, made a lot of good connections. And I uh, still, you know, have that connection with people, man. You know, despite, you know, I, I you, know, you know, now I talk a lot, man. I can talk, bro. I'm going to talk till I die. <laughs> but, uh, you know, man, I was a bunch of said, man, I, I want to ask you a question. You're talking so much. I said, when well, you call me, you want me to talk? I'm going to talk. <laughs> but I love it, man. I just love to see people smile, man. That's all, bro. All right, man. You said you said talking, and then I know that's how you got your nickname back in the day with the yeah, Raging yeah, Cajuns, yeah. and it carried over because I saw Jim Ursay use it as well. How did you get yeah. the name CNN, Bud? Man, you know when CNN knew that just came out, and you know guys, you know was was was, was talking, you know, and they're like, man, you know, you need to shut up, you know. And then, no, you know what, you man, you run your mouth just like 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 the news. Oh, twenty four hours CNN news. Appreciate you sharing your story with me, brother. Thank you so much. And uh, it was great listening to you tell all those stories. And, man, you still got the energy, man. You, you got all this energy. I feel, I feel like you could go out there and play again today, bud. Uh, I'm good for about one play. <laughs> I'm good for one play. It's a whole, hey, man, these boys now, man, it, it's, man, I ain't never seen football like this in my life, man. It, it's the best. I don't even hold you, but me and Dal Green was talking the other day, man. We had an argument. I said, man, the quarterbacks today, they didn't play like that back when we played. I said, the only two quarterbacks I think can play in this era is probably Steve Young and Elway, probably Elway. You know, Steve can run. He was real multi-task. But other than that, man, Marino and all these guys, man, it ain't about sitting in the pocket anymore. You have to, you have to get out there pocket and make things happen. And then they throw the ball in tight spikes. Back when I played, you had to get open. You had to have separation. Now today... I'm a quarterback put that ball, man, right behind the DB head, man. I mean, you know, that Joe Burrow's all them dudes, man. Them guys, man, they're awesome, man. They're awesome. They're awesome, bro. So the game is in good hands with the town. Who you got? Who do you, who you got in the Super Bowl between the Bengals and man, the Rams, man. bud? I, I, I lived in L.A. for a second as a little kid in Compton, but, man, that Joe Burrow's, man. I, I Man, I got to give him credit. I didn't thought he was that good coming out of L.A. I just thought he was on a good lot of good players. But, man, hey, man, he will. You real man. I I I really won't bet on this one here. I really I I, I ain't gonna bet against. I, I ain't gonna bet. I, I want LA to win, but I can't. I, it wouldn't surprise me if Joe Burrow that that Cincinnati win that thing, man. Him and that boy Chase, man. Man, they 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 special, they huh? At the right time, man. They quick at the right time, man. He quick. He 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 real, man. And the dude, they gonna break some records, man. 
Clarence. And you seem like a good team. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. your time, brother. Thank you so oh, much, man. Thank enjoy you. enjoy the game, and we'll talk to you oh, soon, we'll my do. friend. We'll do, man. Y'all had to tell about that high last year. Clarence Verdon went from a walk-on, actually a tryout, to a walk-on with the Raging Cajuns, and he was able to turn that into getting into professional football with the USFL Houston Gamblers, transitioned to the NFL, playing for the Washington Redskins, winning a Super Bowl. And then really thrived once he got out of Washington, got a fresh start with the Indianapolis Colts where he would become a two-time Pro Bowler and one of the biggest fan favorites in franchise history and someone that the owner of the Colts, Jim Ursay, still considers a friend and still loves to this day. Appreciate Clarence's time here on the Rap Game Podcast. Super Bowl week is here. We're going to keep dropping new episodes left and right. This is going to do it for this edition of the Rap Game Podcast. Hey, go to 1037thegame.com or 1041.com and check out all previous episodes of the Rap Game Podcast. Once again, they're there for you to listen. Go check them out. Until next time, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. I'll talk to you soon.